Being Happy, a handbook to greater confidence and security, written and illustrated by Andrew Matthews, spoken by the great Sir Isaac Stewart Pryor. Abigail, I hope you're doing well today. You look fantastic, as usual. And without further ado, let's get reading. Chapter 1, Patterns. Let's take a look at this mind of yours. When you walk across the road, do you have to concentrate on every step? When you chew gum, do you have to think about it? When you eat at a pizza, do you have to work at digesting it? Now, if I can just fix this anchovy, I can relax and go to sleep. Little joke there. And when you go to sleep, do you need to concentrate to keep breathing? You don't do any of these things with your conscious mind, do you? You do them with your subconscious. We might say that the mind is like an iceberg. There is a part we see, the conscious, and the much larger part we don't see, the subconscious. Our subconscious mind is responsible for a large slice of the results we get in life. When we find history repeating itself in our lives, it is that part of our mind that is reasonable. Many of us have recurring patterns, which is what this chapter is about. The same old experience or behavior keeps on cropping up. Do you know somebody who is always late? I used to play tennis with a fellow who was always late. We would play tennis before work at the Hilton. I would say, David. What are the odds that this guy's name's David? We are playing tennis tomorrow at 7 a.m. He would say, I'll be there. I'd say, have you got the time? He said, yep, 7 a.m. I will certainly be there. Sure enough, 7.15 a.m. the next morning, David would arrive. That's 15 minutes late for those of you who were playing at home. He had all the excuses. My son borrowed my racket and put it under his bed. They say they had all the excuses, but they only give one. Next week, the same thing would happen. At 7.16, David would arrive. The reason? I could only find one tennis shoe. The following week, he arrived at 7.15 sharp. The goldfish was sick and the baby was crying and so on through the flat batteries, power failures, lost car keys and underwear. That was wet in the washing machine. If you don't know what underwear is, think of tidy whities or knickers. Finally, I said, David, let's make a deal. For every minute that you are late from now on, it will cost you a dollar. He hurt his shoulder the next day and we have not played tennis since. And I'm assuming they are no longer friends. It's a tragic story. He thought that the world was doing it to him. He was not trying to be late consciously but on his subconscious he had a program that said you're always running behind and that program was running his life if david accidentally got up early and found himself on target to arrive on time his inner programs would have helped him find a tree to hit or a strange road on which to get lost he would have then taken a deep breath and said that's more like it i'm behind the eight ball again Now, one of the fun parts of this book is there's always 
fun little pictures to go along with and I'll do my best to explain them as we go along. This picture is one of two ladies. One of the ladies is talking and she's talking to the other lady and she says, and then I caught the flu. The house burned down, our car was stolen. George had to have an operation. The cat got the flu, dot, dot, dot. Seems like it's going on, constant bad things happening. Meanwhile, the other lady has got a gun to her head, looking worried like she wants to kill herself because this other lady is just so negative. Negative Nancy will call her or a bitch, one of the two. The book goes on, drama patterns. You probably know people who have drama patterns. Their lives are long dramas. You meet them in the street and make the fatal mistake of asking, how are you? You find out that the cat has just died, the car has been repossessed, dad accidentally burned the house down, a meteorite wiped out their garage and they've just been diagnosed as having very, very severe case of something that you've never heard of or Abigail hasn't cooked dinner yet for Isaac, which is always a drama. Whenever their life threatens to go smoothly, a little subconscious voice says, hey, 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 this can't be right. And very soon, another drama emerges. They lose their job, they have another operation, they get arrested, I can relate, and everything returns to normal. We're going to look at what we can do about these patterns later, but for the moment, let's identify some more. There's a fun little picture of a man falling off a stepladder. He's already gotten a bandaged foot and a bandaged arm. Accident patterns. Some people have a talent for having accidents. They spend their lives falling off ladders, off bicycles, out of trees, getting electrocuted and having car accidents. I know an insurance agent in her early 20s who has owned five cars since her 16th birthday. She told me every time I bought a new car, someone smashed into the back of me. After five of those accidents, I quit buying new cars for my own survival. Sickness patterns. There are people who just keep getting sick. Mess patterns. There are people who are always inclined towards mess. They don't try to consciously do it, but their pattern is just so strong. Broke patterns. Have you ever met someone who is always broke? People with a broke pattern work on an automated program. Every time they get money, they spend it. That's just how they're programmed. Indispensable patterns. I don't know what this one is. Let's read this one. If you have the indispensable pattern, you absolutely know that within three minutes of your going on holidays, the office will be hit by lightning and the sales staff will all come down with the flu. We have a pattern like this. Our belief system and our attitude will help to create the pet perpetrate the situation whenever we leave all hell breaks loose job change patterns you know i related to this one a little bit i'll read it out and i'll tell a little story on my behalf a fellow who was thinking of changing his job came to see me recently he said my company my company is pulling me down our products are inferior and i can't pay the rent i said how long have you been in this job he said two years I said, what about the job you had before that? He said, the one I had before that, about two years. And the one before that, two years. And before that, about 24 months. I said, where is the problem? With you or the company? 
And he said, with me. I said, if you were the problem, why change companies? Boom! Mic drop. Oh! In the course of our conversation, I told him about a friend who had five jobs in the past 11 months. I said, as a matter of fact, I'll bet everything I own that in a year's time, she won't be in the same employment. The afternoon she, that afternoon, she rang me to tell me she'd quit her job. My life savings would not have been at risk. I noticed a few years ago that every single time I got a new job, I held it for about a year. And then I would get a new job. And then a year would go by and I'd get a new job. The job I'm in currently is the longest job I've ever held. Two years. Who would have thought? It was that job change pattern. I was unhappy with something and then I could cope with it for a year, but after the uh, fun and enjoyment of a new job wore off, I'd have to look for another one. I found it very interesting reading this years ago, realising that that was me. There is another pattern. It is the people are nasty, life is horrible, why is the world doing this to me? I wish I were dead pattern. Again, we tend to create our own circumstances. And this one is really no fun. The I only ever have enough just to get by pattern. In this one, our conscious and our subconscious thinking lock us into a situation where life is a struggle, but we always get by. Get by in quotation marks. We just scrape through. Do you relate to any of these? If I could go back, I'd probably relate to that job changing pattern and as well that one how it's the other pattern is the people are nasty life is horrible why is the world doing this to me I wish I were dead pattern maybe not the dead part but life is always certainly very tough sometimes here's another pattern the I always miss out pattern it manifests itself in our being in our being born starting school buying businesses Going on vacation either too early or too late. Always being in the right place at the wrong time. Also, we may have the right talents but the wrong teachers. Or the right teachers but the wrong talent. Or no teachers and no talent. The people always rip me off pattern. I mean, need we say more? I think what this guy is trying to get at is there is a whole lot of patterns that seemed to rule our life. I remember for me, a little side note, you know, apart from that job changing pattern and the, I think one of the patterns I used to hold on to was life is so tough, I'm not happy. Why does life have to be so boring? Why does life have to be so hard? And why do I always have to wake up feeling like I have no purpose, no direction? That was tough. He goes on. We've started by looking at some negative patterns. There are, however, some very positive patterns, which you will relate to. The I'm always healthy pattern. Our state of health is determined by the programs we have between our ears, which say who we are and what happens to us. Do you know someone who is always in the right place at the right time? They go into business just as the boom starts. They sell their house just before the remand centre is built next door. They go on holidays and bump into some millionaire who flies them around Europe. And you think, how do they do it? 
If I just had a quarter of their luck, being in the right place at the right time is a pattern. What about the whatever I do, I always end up making money pattern. Oh, mama, I wish I had that pattern. Some people do have it. Or the whatever I buy, I always get a good deal pattern. And the reverse of that is the I always get a lemon pattern. Micah has this pattern, I think. For some reason, he always is able to tell a story of the amazing deal he got recently. Of how he goes into the mattress store and ends up getting a $10,000 mattress and extras and pillows and sheets and quilts. All for two grand. The other patterns include the I trust people and they always treat me well program and the whatever I do is always fun and easy program. We'll assume you want to hang on to the good patterns. What about the patterns you don't want? That's what we ask ourselves. The rotten patterns I have, when will they change? When will they stop? The answer is, life changes when we change. Life changes when we change. Life changes. Come on, say it with me. When we change. One more time. Come on, say it with me. Life changes when we change. Change is always challenged. It is not always easy to change our patterns, but it is very possible. Wherever you are, you can get to where you want to be. And we deal with how to do this throughout this book. Recognize one thing right here. Whenever we decide to change, we meet resistance. We are always challenged to see if we are serious. Let us assume that you decide to go on a diet, which I do every week. This very week, Sorry, let us assume that you decide to go on a diet. This is the big week in which you start shaving off your spare tire. This very week, your mailbox is stuffed with dinner invitations, cocktail party invitations, anniversaries, weddings, parties. All change will be challenged, particularly in the beginning. Let us say you make the decision that for the first time in your life, you will open a savings account and begin to amass your personal fortune. You cancel dinner at the Hyatt, which is part of your diet plan anyway, and you have your $63 earmarked for the bank. Isn't that just the day that your car insurance falls due, your refrigerator explodes, and your brother-in-law needs the $100 that you borrowed from him last Christmas? Imagine that you were used to dressing like a bit of a slob. Every time you put your best trousers on, you will get them hopelessly dirty. You can get some oil down your leg just by walking from the bedroom to the bathroom only with your best trousers. Now the tendency is to think, well, that is the way I am. I can't change. The truth is you can change, but the old patterns will try and persist. The truth is you can change, but the old patterns will try and persist. Come on, say it with me. The truth is that you can change, but the old patterns will try to persist. So how do we change? First, recognize that all challenge will be met 
with resistance. In a word, be prepared. The formation of patterns. We begin to form behavioural patterns right from birth. Thus, they are persistent and tenacious. One pattern Abigail has formed since birth is needing a tent. For example, let's look at eating patterns. When we were babies, we cried for many different reasons. We were thirsty, hot, cold, lonely, frustrated, wanting a cuddle, exercising our lungs, wet, wanting a toy, wanting a tent, and so on. When we did cry, on many, many occasions, we were fed. Thus, the association was formed that the solution to any of the above was to put something in our mouths. So if you smoke, drink or overeat, you don't need to look very hard to see where some of your programming comes from. When you are frustrated, lonely or depressed, you know why one of the great lights in your life is the one in the refrigerator. The solution of the bottle and the cigarette stems, in part, from similar conditioning. For similar reasons, many of our other current characteristics result from early childhood experiences. In early years, we are open-minded and empty-headed. We absorb information like a sponge. Since our first relationships are with our parents, their influence on our later lives and our later relationships is, as Donald Trump would say, huge. Huge. Partly, consciously, and mainly subconsciously, we create patterns in our lives which reflect the experience we had with our parents. For example, we establish relationships with people who resemble our parents. For example, we may find ourselves working for bosses or establishing friendships with people who resemble our mother or father. We establish relationships with other people that mirror our parents' relationship with others. If our parents were loving and gentle, so will we tend to be. If they spend time abusing people, we pick that up initially. We attract uh, partners who resemble our mother or father. Abigail, you remind me just of my mum. This we may do not once or twice, but repeatedly. This can be because we form a subconscious picture from a young age that says, for example, real men are tall and dark and silent, like my dad. That is so like my dad. Or, a woman should be short and well-mannered, like my mother. Totally unaware of this, on the, sub- on the conscious level, we may then go looking for the pattern to partner to fit the picture. There's another fun little picture here. It's uh, rather clever. It's a picture of a man with a moustache holding a glass of wine, sitting on the couch with a sport newspaper right next to him and right above him is a picture and the picture is a splitting image of what we're looking at right now it's a picture of a man with a moustache holding a wine glass a newspaper with sport on it crossed legs everything's exactly the same and under the picture it has the word dad and the man sitting on the couch, not in the picture, says, no way will I ever turn out like my father. But it's very clever how they're splitting images, despite his best intention. 
Book goes on. Also, the quality of our relationships with our parents creates its pattern. If, as children, we'd experienced guilt or disapproval, then we will continue to attract and associate with people who treat us as bad people. Similarly, if we experienced love and approval as children, then as adults, we will gravitate toward people who treat us with respect. In short, we attract what we expect and the world treats us as we believe we deserve to be treated. We are only skimming the surface here. However, realizing that a problem recognized is a problem half solved, it is valuable to be aware of your patterns and have some idea of how they came about. In a nutshell, this is where he does a bit of summarizing. This is always fun. It's in a nutshell because there's literally a picture of a dude in a nutshell. But he's summarizing here, he says, we are never stuck with patterns. Old negative patterns may be tenacious, but they are not invincible. Always think positively about yourself and your condition. Mental discipline in this area may not be easy, but the rewards are great. Always speak well of yourself and consistently visualize your life working as you want it. You will be creating new happiness patterns. Listen to motivational cassettes and devour books on success. Use affirmation, subliminal tape programs and spend time with people from whom you can learn. You can rewrite your patterns to become what you choose. In addition, use the nutshells in this book to systematically shed the things from your life that bog you down and consolidate the patterns that can push you ahead. Thanks. That's wonderful. <clears throat> How much more we got in this chapter? Okay. It's a long chapter. We'll keep going for a bit, though. I, uh, when I read this, I highlighted some stuff in red. And that's the stuff that really stood out to me when I read it and we're almost up to some of those things that I I outlined we're going to go on to a title called self-image have you ever noticed that when you are feeling good about yourself other people become very nice isn't it funny how they change the world is reflection is a reflection of ourselves when we hate ourselves we hate everybody else when we love being who we are the rest of the world is wonderful. Our self-image is the blueprint which determines exactly how we will behave, who we will mix with, what we will try and what we will avoid. Our every thought and every action stem from the way we see ourselves. The picture we have of ourselves is coloured by our experiences, our successes and failures, the thoughts we have had about ourselves and other people's reactions to us. Believing this image to be fact, we process, no, sorry, we proceed to live absolutely within the bounds of this picture. Therefore, our self-image determines how much we like the world and how much we like living in it, exactly how much we will accomplish in life. I want to read that again, that's important. Therefore, our self-image, image, 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 image. Therefore, our self-image determines, one, how much we like the world and how much we like living in it, and two, exactly how much we will accomplish in life. 
We are what we believe we are. Hence, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, author of the bestseller Psycho-Cybernetics, wrote, The goal of any psychotherapy is to change an individual's image of herself. If you see yourself as being hopeless at mathematics, you will always have difficulty with figures. Perhaps sparked by some bad early experiences, you will have developed an attitude that says, no matter what, I can't do maths. Therefore, you don't try. Generally, you will fall further and further behind. If you ever do succeed, you say it's a fluke. When you don't succeed, you say, there, that proves I'm hopeless. Chances are that you will also tell others you can't add up. The more you tell your brother and your husband and your neighbour and your bank manager that you're a hopeless case, the more you believe it, the more deeply embedded the self-image becomes. There's a picture here of a really sad, sack, sorry-looking dude, looking tired, looking ill, hair's a mess, and he's looking in the bathroom mirror, poking his tongue out at himself, and in the mirror the same sad, sack, is looking back at him. The first step towards a vast improvement in our results is to change the way we think and talk about ourselves. A slow learner can begin to become a fast learner as soon as he changes his idea about his own capabilities. If your self-image says that your coordination is excellent, you'll pick up new sports easily. If your self-image says that you are like a klutz, then you will spend so much time worrying about dropping the ball and succeeding in doing exactly that. So long as you see yourself as someone who is always broke, you will remain broke. If you see yourself as a financial winner, you will be prosperous. Our self-image is like a thermostat and we continue to perform within the prescribed range. It may be that Fred expects to be happy about 50% of the time, therefore, Whenever things are going extra well for Freddy, he thinks, wait, hang on a second. Things aren't meant to be this good. Something is bound to go wrong any minute. When it does, Fred takes a deep breath and says, I knew it couldn't last. What Fred may not realise is that there are people in the world who are unhappy all the time. And still, others who are happy nearly all the time. We create our own quality of life based on our own happiness self-image. What this means is that we decide on our own self-image. We decide on our own worth and decide how much happiness to expect. I want to read that again and we'll, we'll bring this little segment to a close because that's really important. What we may not realise is that there are people in the world who are unhappy all the time. And still others who are happy nearly all the time. We create our own quality of life based on our own happiness self-image. What this means is that we decide on our own self-image. We decide on our own worth and decide how much happiness to expect. What a cliffhanger to finish on. I remember reading this part and uh, was thinking, man, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I had always, you know, for a long time, after, when I was reading this book for a long time in my life, I had been one of those people in the world who were always unhappy all the time. 
And I hadn't really thought, well, hang on a second, there are others who are happy nearly all the time. What, what's the difference there? And it's a bit of ownership. We create our own quality of life based on our own happiness, self-image. What this means is that we decide on our own self-image. We decide on our own worth and decide how much happiness to expect. Quick review. We talked about patterns, how there are negative patterns and positive patterns in life, but really what he was trying to get at was that subconsciously, some things recur over and over again in our lives. You try to go on a diet, you're faced with challenge when you're trying to change these patterns. For instance, you go on a diet and then all of a sudden someone stocks the uh, pantry with all these lovely chocolates. Hmm, ring any bells? You try to go to the gym for a week and all of a sudden you get sick as a dog with a cold. He said that when we're trying to change patterns, he says first recognize that all challenge will be met with resistance. So we need to be prepared. From patterns, we moved on and we talked about uh, self-image and we started to get to the point that we have to take some ownership in our own self-image and we decide how much happiness to expect. I'm really excited for this next one. This next one is full of red outlined moments, which are parts that I got a lot out of when I read this a long time ago. So this has been being happy with Isaac. I'll see you soon. Hope you have a good day.